Number 30 of Let's Go Racing with David Starr. Tyler Jones here with you. So glad to have you with us. Coming up on today's show, we will look back at the weekend at Road America and also look ahead to this weekend's action in the NASCAR Cup and Xfinity Series. But before we do, don't forget that every Whataburger is made fresh, served hot, and prepared just like you like it. On jalapenos and cheese on that, no problem. They've got you covered Whataburger, proud to serve it hot and fresh, 24 hours a day. Boys, we had the week off last week. I was on vacation. David had a lot of business to take care of, but nonetheless, we are back in the saddle again for another episode of LGR. David, how we doing after a, a fresh week off? Man, I'm doing great. Just got back last night from, uh, spent the weekend in Houston and Galveston at the beach with my boys. And, uh, man, I had a great 4th of July. Uh, it's kind of interesting to be in Galveston, Texas, because over the years, we've always been in Daytona racing, you know, and uh, the NASCAR Xfinity Series and the Cup Series was obviously in Road America. And uh, I was at the beach, so a little bit different than, than past years for me. But, man, had a great time celebrating the 4th of July at the beach fishing hanging out with my two little boys, and, man, we had a big time. It was fun, and uh, got back late, late last night and looking forward to uh, getting some stuff done during the week this week and then uh, flying over to Atlanta, racing there this weekend. So it was a it was a great weekend. How about you guys? It was good here. Uh, no complaints. Had a nice uh, visit to Tampa for a few days with the family, but glad to be back at it again here on uh, Let's Go Racing. I got to ask you, David, I know you love being at the racetrack, but – Spending a holiday with the wife and the kids, getting to go to Galveston and everything. Uh, th these memories at your kids' age, too, I imagine uh, th these are ones you cherish. Uh, sure, you'd like to be racing, but, uh, you know, family before everything, right? Absolutely. That's, you know, that's always, as a NASCAR race car driver and all the races we run week in and week out, and, uh, you know, our schedule's a grueling schedule, as you guys know, you know, and... Uh, you know, you don't really have a, a lot of time to spend with your with your family. And, uh, you know, because there's sponsor commitments, you're working on sponsor deals, and there's so much stuff involved in being able to race and, 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 and as a professional race car driver in these days. Um, a lot of commitments and, uh, you know, so it's a balancing act, you know, and, and really the NASCAR, the racing side, it's, it's you know, it takes up 90, you know, it takes up so much time, and and uh, so when you can have a weekend off and spend it with your boys at the beach, fishing and playing in the beach, and just doing some some cool daddy son stuff, it's those like you said, Tyler. Those are priceless moments. You know what I mean? You're you creating memories, and uh, man, it was a memorable weekend, and uh, it was a lot of fun. So I've just, you know, me personally, I was catching up on being a dad and being a dad, which was a lot of fun. That sounds like it. Dominic Aragon from the RacingExperts.com joins us as well. Dom, how was your fourth, man? Man, it was a lot of fun. Had a lot of good family time. We had a barbecue at my aunt, my mom's sister, and her family's house. And it's always a busy time of the year for us because my dad's birthday is June 28th. Her and her husband's anniversary is July 5th. My Uncle Roman, his birthday is July 5th. And my mom's birthday is July 6th. So it's always just a night after night. We're going out to eat with the family or we're having a barbecue. So it's a really nice time with the immediate family and this year was no exception to that and with things reopening there's a big parade that happens here in Grants New Mexico and a lot of fireworks shows so great time to spend with the family and definitely one of those great weekends to be able just to not necessarily have to worry about work but just spend time with family and leisure. That's great David I know that you're a patriot you love this country and and I gotta say you know on this 4th of July I was just so thankful you know looking back at you know where our our country's been and what all we've gone through and and uh just to remember all that we, we've been through where we're at right now i mean i'm just so grateful that we're part of this country and we could take that time to celebrate and recognize uh who we are as american people uh what what do you make of just this independence day weekend that occurred and, and what came to mind for you as an american man you know just the freedoms we have and just celebrating you know, this you know, you know, when you're at the beach and there's a parade going on and, man, they're throwing beads and candies and American flags and, 
you see all the patriotic stuff and flags, American flags on the beach, and you see people carrying flags, and it just just reminds you, you know, for me, uh, Sunday was just a, a reminder how how fortunate we are to live in such a great country. You know what I mean? It's, we're all proud Americans and the freedoms we have, and it was just cool, man. I was just, uh, I never seen so many pe people at the beach, man. And, and everybody was happy. And, you know, we watched a really just a, a phenomenal fireworks show. But before that even started, just all the people that were celebrating with fireworks and American flags and the music. And it was just a great time for lots and lots and lots of people. And, and you know, and, and when you're there, popping firecrackers with your boys and, Watching the parade, it just just reminds you, you know, reminds all of us, you know, we're just thankful that we live in a great country, great nation, you know, the United States of America, and and it's just it's cool, man, the freedoms we have, and and uh, man, it was just it was just a fun time, man. It was pretty cool to to be out there amongst everybody and celebrating. I, I don't know, I, I felt for me, I was just uh, I was a proud American. I mean, we're proud Americans every day. Right. But, you know, a little bit more so and, and to see everybody celebrating and, and the happiness. And, and like you were saying, Tyler, all the all the things that we have come through the last year and, you know, what, what we all been through and uh, to be able to everybody get together and celebrate like we did Sunday day and evening was just phenomenal. It was unbelievable. Well, Dominic, uh, NASCAR at, of all places, this past weekend, Road America first time since the 50s that they had raced there and they went all out for the patriotic celebration i think you said it on twitter nobody does patriotism nobody celebrates america like nascar absolutely even look at the patriotic paint schemes sprinkled throughout the field throughout the weekend and, and a place called road america how more american does it get there, right i mean we know it's been tradition to have this race weekend typically held at Daytona. And that's been a longstanding tradition. But when you have just the name Road America, just the name itself, and you're at a venue celebrating Fourth of July weekend, you all know I've made it no secret. I'm a huge Packers fan. And to hear that there were more people in attendance at this race on Sunday than something at Lambeau Field, quite amazing for NASCAR's return, the Cup Series return, I should say, to Road America. That was cool. And it was Chase Elliott getting to victory lane for the second time in 2021 in the cup race and it's his second road course win of the year also puts him just third all time on the all-time road course wins list granted there are a lot more road courses now than there were even just a few years ago but nonetheless David we've already seen Chase Elliott win a championship but how about this run that he's been on on road course road courses right now I mean he's looking as good as any road course racer we've ever seen. We've known that Chase is a good all-around racer, but he is something special when it comes to these road courses. Yeah, no doubt about it. He's just something special as an NASCAR race car driver. That's just a race car driver. You know, you know, there's just tons and tons of talent there. And, and you know, he's 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 our superstar of, of our sport. You know, he's one of the hottest, hottest drivers out there. And, you know, his ability and, and – um, you know, the apple didn't fall too far from the tree where, you know, from his uh, his parents, you know what I mean, and his dad. And, uh, but, man, to see Chase the last two, three years and how competitive and winning the championship, and it's just – it's amazing, you know. But, you know, you look at you look at the organization that Chase is with, you know, Hendrick Motorsports. Uh, you know, uh, you know, you look at the drivers they have and – and again, you know, this race uh, Sunday, uh, you know, was all the Hendrick drivers up near the front of the field again and uh, very competitive. It's not surprising that Chase Elliott was in victory lane, you know, and, and, and y'all might know the statistics. And I'm, I think I'm reaching out there because I don't have a 100% guarantee. But I think I heard that Hendrick Motorsports has won the last 10 race, the last 10 race, wait a minute. They've won 10 out of the last 20 races. I mean, the dominance of that organization, you look at Cal Larson, you look at Chase Elliott, no matter if it's Road America or any road course, but you put Chase Elliott 
you know, Phoenix or, you know, Atlanta Motor Speedway. I mean, these these guys are on fire, man. Chase Elliott, Cal Larson, Hendrick Motorsports. Uh, you know, you look at the other two drivers that race there, man, that, that whole organization and, and William Byron and, and just, you know, the, yeah, these guys are on fire, man. So uh, it's kind of interesting, and you know, and it might come down for, you know, the Hendrick drivers to, to be competing against each other for the championship, you know? So uh, yeah. it's just well, really interesting season to me, how it's, how it's turned out. And you, you know, we talk about it a lot, Tyler and, and Dominic, we talk about it every week and, you know, we know the Joe Gibbs cars are strong. We know the Penske cars are strong, but, and, and, you know, you look at Stuart Haas and uh, man, it's just, I would have never thought that Hendricks would have been so dominant this year. You know, we hadn't seen, Again, we hadn't seen uh, Denny Hamlin in victory lane. We haven't seen Kevin Harvick in victory lane. So it's been a quite interesting season to date in 2021. Well, David, I have a theory on that. And I'll start with Dominic and go to you, get your thoughts, both of you, on this. Um, you guys know, I mean, it's no secret, Chad Knauss is the greatest crew chief in the history of this sport. No questions asked. No ifs, ands, or buts. Um, they move him to competition director. And I think that was the best thing they could have done for the whole organization because it made everyone better. To me, that's where I look at it. If you're trying to compare how things are different between this year and last year, besides just Kyle Larson, Dominic, I think it's about Chad Canals being that competition director, helping out all four of those teams. I think that's what's been the difference. What say you? No, I, I don't think you're wrong there, Tyler. And you take a look at just the last – Eight races, right, with the exception of Pocono in the second Pocono race. Kyle Busch won there. 300 drivers have won seven out of the last eight races in the Cup Series, and not even including the All-Stars. We're just talking points-paying races. But it's amazing to see their dominance. This is what we remember Hendrick Motorsports like throughout the mid-2000s. And not to mention also tying and beating Richard Petty Motorsport, Petty Enterprises, I should say, on the all-time wins list as far as team owners go in this sport. I mean, I'm curious, what do you all think here, too? I mean, if Jimmy Johnson was somehow a part of this organization as a full-time driver in 2021, do you think he would be experiencing the same fruits of these benefits as these other guys are? Uh, what, what say you, Dominic, or, or uh, David, rather? Uh, what do you make of what Chad has done uh, as competition director there? And do you think uh, we would have seen this with, uh, with Jimmy had he raced this year? Well, just talking, speaking about Chad Canals, obviously <laughs> – like you said, uh, Tyler, he's just one of the all-time best crew chiefs ever in our sport, you know. And, and you know, and I think Rick Hendricks and that organization, the powerhouse they have been forever, and uh, the move they make to put Chad Canals as the, coordinator, uh, as the uh, competition coordinator, uh, I think that was a great move. But, you know, I think if we, we had Chad on here and asked him – I think I think it's a little bit of all of them. It's the whole organization. It's it's the manufacturing, you know, manufacturer uh, Chevrolet. Uh, you know, they they uh, you know last couple of years they they they've been beat up a little bit, and they're not used to that. You know what I mean? And uh, I think probably last year they really hunkered down and went to work. And uh, you know, and and Hendrix. I mean, we look at. We thought we were going to see Jimmy Johnson and maybe in victory lane last year. It didn't happen. I don't even think it got close. I think there was one race he got close. But, you know, they just – their cars, you know, when, and it's hard to say where the problem lied, you know what I mean, because it's Hendricks. You know, we used to seeing those guys in victory lane, top threes every race, and we didn't see that last year. And like I said, I think that the technology, the engineering, the move we're talking about, about uh, – Rick Hendricks putting Chad Canals as a competition director, uh, the manufacturer, the drivers. I mean, everybody, they got some smart, smart people uh, at all levels at Hendricks. And I think, man, they have figured out. I mean, they got some of the best race car drivers ever on those teams. Their cars are driving good. I think those Hendrick motors make pretty good power. And, uh, man, whatever it is, it whatever that recipe they have, man, the – outcome is success success and wins so uh but but speaking about Tyler what y'all were talking about Chad Canals I think definitely definitely was a right move in the right direction and I feel like that 
that move was a, a part of the reason why Hendrix is having so much success in 2021. And then you guys were talking about Jimmy Johnson, you know, and Jimmy's a great friend of mine. And, you know, to see him race last year when he announced that 2020 would be his last season, you know, and then we, we dealt with COVID and no fans at the races. I really felt like, you know, I'm like, man, it just wasn't fair for the sport. I guess the fans couldn't be at the racetrack to cheer Jimmy Johnson on and cheer him on just to tell him thanks for all these great years and, and thank you for what you have done in this sport. I mean, there's really no other sport where somebody has won as many championships as he has done. And, you know, I really felt like 2021, Jimmy would would race again in NASCAR for another year because of the circumstances we were all, our whole world was in last year, you know? And uh, so to hear y'all speak about, to hear Dominic and Tyler, hear y'all talk about, you know, as Jimmy was still driving the Hendrick car this year, I think we would see Jimmy Johnson in victory lane, you know, not just once, but multiple times, you know what I mean? Because, you know, we know his abilities there, you know that for a fact, you know, and, and I wish that he would have been racing in 2001. I would have loved to have seen Jimmy Johnson make more history about maybe winning the eighth championship, you know, but unfortunately guys, you know, I think he'd had enough of NASCAR racing and, and really wanted to jump to another form of racing in Indy cars. So, uh, so anyway, it's a, well, it's a legitimate, legitimate question. And I think uh, y'all probably hit on something that I, I, but I think definitely Jimmy Johnson would have been in victory lane this year. Well, he, to add to that though, on the flip side, Dominic, um, as great as Jimmy Johnson is, greatest ever do it. Uh, I think if you had to ask Rick Hendrick, though, if you had to do it over again, Jimmy retiring and Kyle Larson coming in, it all worked out. It worked out for the better for the future of Hendrick Motorsports to go ahead and have Jimmy step aside and bring Kyle Larson in. As great as Jimmy is, in Hendrick's case, and really in all – honestly worked out even better than what they could have hoped for. I think you're right too. I mean, this is something that was years in the making. I had a really close source to the, to all this information, right? 2014, 2015, Kyle Larson entering the sport. Rick Hendrick has wanted Kyle Larson a part of his organization for a long, long time. And my source had told me, yeah, they were willing to let him go for $30 million. That ship can ask you racing. And Gordon wanted him originally as his replacement. It didn't happen, but the way circumstances fell, you're right. Kyle Larson ended up working out at Hendrick Motorsports. And you're right. Rick's got to think of the future and the future of his organization. And it couldn't have worked out any better the way it did in 2020. And they have a great asset there in the five car. And I mean, certainly it's going to be hard to replace Jimmy Johnson and anybody that's going to fill those shoes. But replacing that void with the fourth driver and Kyle Larson, it's already paying off for Hendrick Motorsports in 2021. Oh, yeah. I mean, if, if you had to lose Jimmy Johnson, but you get Kyle Larson, it all worked out because if if Jimmy stays one more year, David, they're not getting Kyle Larson in that seat. I mean, he would be with another team right now. Well, man, you know, you know, you just you look back on things, you know, and you know, it's just it's interesting how things fall into place. You know, you look back earlier, uh, you look back into 2020 and COVID, and you know. Our sport shutting down, all major sports shutting down. And, uh, you know, you look at Cal Larson being the racer he is. I mean, he's another A.J. Foyt, Tony Stewart, no doubt about it. You know, uh, you know, he's been winning all these cup races. And in the next night, he jumps in a world of outlaw race car and he wins there as well. You know, but when COVID shut down our sport of NASCAR racing, Cal Larson jumped on iRacing. And we all know that, you know, uh, he made a mistake, you know, and, uh, you know, he, uh, he made a mistake. But if you reverse, if you, you go back in time last year, and if that mistake would have been, wouldn't have had happened, I mean, he still, he still be driving for Chip Ganassi. You know what I'm saying? And he don't, and there's not a Kyle Larson driving at Hendricks, I don't believe. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of interesting how everything kind of fell in place, you know what I mean? And uh, so it's just interesting to look back on things and 
and to see how timing work and how things fell and, and worked out. But man, like, like you said, Tyler, it couldn't have worked out any better, man. It, it's just a, a match made in heaven, basically, you know, it was just perfect, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's no secret too. They get Kyle at a discounted rate too. They're hoping for more sponsorship, but nonetheless, they're not having to pay him what he would have uh, <laughs> if everything went down that way too. So uh, something to think about there. Uh, this weekend, uh, tell us about what's ahead for you, David. Uh, I know that you had the week off last week. What are you looking forward to this week to get back in the race car? And stuff? Man, I, I can't, you know, Atlanta's always a fun racetrack, man. It's just the tracks wore out. The thing needed to be paid 10 years ago, and I'm glad they never paid it. So we go there and, you know, you put on a new set of Goodyear Eagles and, you know, you run two laps and then on the third or fourth lap, the tires are fall, like falling off a half second. You know, there's nowhere other racetrack that we race at that after three or four or five laps that you lose a half second on the tires, you know. But, man, Atlanta Motor Speedway, I mean, you're slipping and sliding uh, multiple grooves. I mean, it's, that's the fun part about racing there. You can run right up against the wall. You can run on the bottom. It's all about keeping the momentum and keeping that car moving forward, you know, and uh, and trying to trying not to uh, use up all your tires. It's easy to burn up your tires so quick, you know. You got to be so disciplined, but it's hard to be disciplined when you're racing people, you know. So, uh, man, I'm looking forward to it. We can get, I will be back in the uh, the water Waterburger Toyota Supra. Uh, I think we're running number 61 this week. I have sometimes I tell Carl, it's like, Carl, what number we're running this week? I don't even know. You know, he, there's, a, there's a rhyme and a reason, uh, and sometimes I don't understand it. But uh, but I'm excited to be back at our Waterburger Toyota Supra. And, man, I'm looking forward to, to having a great race, you know. And, man, I, uh, I'd race every day if I could, you know. And taking the weekend off last weekend, let said drive my race car, man. People don't realize – even though I, I, you know, I took advantage of family time and loved every minute of it, but man, it's, it's tough, man. That's, that's a tough deal. I've been doing this 24 years and I've never stepped out of my race car to let somebody else drive it. You know what I mean? But I think the way the circumstances are and the way COVID is, has been and just the circumstances of thing, it was the right thing to do for our organization but, man, I can't wait to get back in the race car, get back to racing. I can assure you of that. I, I love that. I love doing that. That passion to win and to run good, it still burns hot in my body. And can't wait to get over there and get back to racing, that's for sure. Dominic, uh, Atlanta, you're going to be there this weekend. That is a special place for NASCAR. So much history that has occurred there over the years. You're our resident historian here on the show. What does – Atlanta Motor Speedway mean to NASCAR? Well, you really can't tell the story of NASCAR and the track history throughout the sport without Atlanta Motor Speedway and the repave and reconfiguration in 1997. And the track that used to have championships crowned, the, the famous 1992 battle between Alan Kowicki and Bill Elliott. And Kowicki leading one more lap than Bill Elliott to be able to clinch the 92 championship and just so much with that I mean even my personal bias towards Jeff Bodine holding the track record there once the track got repaved in 97 with this hot Atlanta qualifying lap a lot of cool cool things in the works for Atlanta Motor Speedway this is their first year since I believe 2010 that they had two points awarding cup races and that's going to continue in the next year they have the big resurface I don't even know what you want to call it this whole reconstruction project with Atlanta Motor Speedway, that's going to start after this race weekend. They're going to reconfigure, add some banking in the corners, narrow up the front stretch in the corners. David, I was curious on what you thought about that. Some drivers were vocal about the new configuration that's going to happen at the track starting next year. What's your take on it, and how much different, or maybe not so different, will the racing be? You know, when I heard the news this morning about what was going on at Atlanta Motor, Motor Speedway for the future, Atlanta's always been a fast racetrack and a fun racetrack to race on. And, uh, you know, the, the interesting part, I try to qualify for an ARCA race in the old configuration of the racetrack back in 1995 or six, you know. And, uh, but man, it's, it's, it's just been a great racetrack. And listen to you talk about the 1992 uh, championship between uh, Bill Elliott and Alan Kowicki. I was actually sitting in the stands. Uh, that Sunday afternoon, and uh, we weren't born yet, David. 
I understand, buddy. I was, and I was sitting in the stands cheering them on, you know. And uh, I remember I, I would always go to Daytona Beach, Florida for the Daytona 500, and I would always uh, try to make it to uh, Atlanta for the to crown the NASCAR Cup Series champion. And I've seen uh, Dale Earnhardt win, you know, they, they, you know, win the championship two or three times there at the year-ending year race at Atlanta Motor Speedway, just sitting in the stands just praying and, and, and hoping that one day that I was going to be able to race on that racetrack, you know, but, uh, but, you know, uh, Dominic, you at, you talked about what's going on in the future there at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. And the last time we were there, man, I heard some great news. I was talking to Ed Clark, the former president, uh, the general manager of the Atlanta Motor Speedway for 30 something years. And Ed was telling me, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure this is not, this is public news, but they're trying to get a casino, trying to get a casino at the Atlanta Motor Speedway, you know. And, and uh, I thought, man, that's that's a wow, that's wow, that's that's pretty exciting, you know. A casino at the Atlanta Motor Speedway, kind of like the Kansas, you know, Kansas Speedway there, uh, that has the uh, Hollywood Casino on Turn Two. I mean, that that would be freaking awesome. And then to wake up this morning. And hear the news about they're taking it from 24 degrees of banking to 28, going to narrow up the racetrack a little bit. I mean, there's some big, big plans for the Atlanta Motor Speedway. And like Tyler was saying, there's so much history there. You know, I just, I think that racetrack dates back to the 1960. I don't know, remember what year it was that it opened up. But I remember as a young boy and reading all my NASCAR books, man, it was always like, Atlanta Motor Speedway, you know, there was just a lot of great battles, a lot of great races there from the from our, our, a lot of the superstars of, of our sport. And uh, and to see what the future holds for Atlanta Motor Speedway, I'm excited about the future of our sport. You know, if the future of the sport wasn't big, these racetracks wouldn't be trying to reconfigure, make more banking, make the racetracks better, make the racing better. I mean, bring casinos to these facilities. So, it just goes to show you, I think the health of our sport is in great shape when you see plans about what's happening in the future for the Atlanta Motor Speedway. Two memories come to mind for me, guys, when I think of Atlanta. One of those is 2001 when Kevin Harvick got his first career win there just a few weeks after replacing Dale Sr. And then I think of 2005 when Carl Edwards went side-by-side -side with Jimmy Johnson to get his first career win there. David, both those moments were so special, and we've seen all sorts of things like that over the years uh, there at Atlanta. Man, you know, just man, just hearing you speak about that, I mean, golly, the emotions were so high, you know, when we lost the late, great Dale Earnhardt. I mean, that was just, you know, seeing our whole sport, the fans, the whole, you know, the, if, if any, any kind of car racing enthusiast didn't even have to be NASCAR, if you're a car enthusiast or you liked any form of racing, you know, it seemed like the whole country, the whole world was mourning uh, Dale Earnhardt. And uh, when, when, when they, when Childress made the phone call and asked Kevin Harvick to jump into the 29, you know, BF, uh, GM, Goodwrench, Chevrolet, to have Kevin, you know, kind of be the guy to, I don't know if I'm saying this right, to, 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 to replace, not replace, or to drive Dale Hart Sr.'s race car. I mean, the pressure, the – I couldn't imagine what Kevin was feeling, you know. And and to get it, go out there to Atlanta Motor Speedway and win a race in the style that he wanted, man, it was – like you said, Don, Tyler, it's, it's a, a moment that I don't think the sport would ever forget. It was a phenomenal race. The emotions were extremely high. I remember there were a lot of tears, lots and lots of tears, and and I think when that when that moment happened, kind of our racing community, there was some sort of a um, I'm looking for words to use, but it was like, you know, it was like, uh, you know, it just helped people heal a little bit more yeah. from losing Dale Earnhardt. You know, what I mean, that was just I, I just felt like that time in history in that race just helped all the race fans, definitely the NASCAR fans that were big Dale Earnhardt fans and that were mourning so bad. That gave them a little not a little bit of peace, you know what I mean, if that, if that makes sense. 
Well, Dave, I mean, you've been at a lot of NASCAR races. You've seen a lot of NASCAR history firsthand. Were you there that Sunday when Harvick won at Atlanta? I was there, you know, I was there and, and I saw the emotions, you know, not only the emotions of, of the Richard, Richard Childress organization, the emotions of the race fans, the competitors, uh, the pretty much anybody that was a part of the sport in 2001 when Kevin won that race at Atlanta Motor Speedway, man, you couldn't help. But I mean, I, I just, I, I kind of want to say if you didn't have any emotions, you didn't tear up and that ain't make you feel some type of emotions, then you really didn't have a heartbeat. You know what I mean? I just seen a lot of happiness. I saw a lot of tears, lots of tears, you know, and it was just, you knew that was definitely a special day, a special race and a special win that would, uh, we're still talking about it 20 years later, you know, it was just, it was just amazing. And again, you know, and, and uh, it, it, I think it, it helps some people have a little peace about losing Dale Earnhardt, you know what I mean? So uh, definitely, I think, Tyler, that was uh, a race that, that we'll, we'll, none of us will ever forget, you know what I mean? Pretty cool. No no question about it. And speaking of Dale Earnhardt, uh, his son, Dale Earnhardt Jr., David, before we get to our news and notes segment, I want to ask you about being a part of the Lost Speedway Series at Texas World Speedway. You were at the premiere of season two there in Charlotte, hanging out with Dale and the Dirty Mo Media Gang. Tell us about the premiere and what people can expect out of this episode <laughs> at the Texas World Speedway. Well, it was pretty cool. You know, my, my good friend, uh, 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 you know, Bob Dillner and uh, – uh, not Bob, I'm sorry, not I'm sorry, Matt Dillner. Uh, Matt called me and he said, hey, man, me and Dale Jr. want to do a uh, episode about Texas World Speedway. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. And he said, no, man, it's, you know, Dale's really passionate about Texas World Speedway. And I didn't know that. And, uh, man, I was honored and proud that 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 that, that was even that, that I thought everybody forgot about Texas World Speedway, you know. And it, it meant a lot to me because uh, as a little boy – you know, I can remember, uh, you know, my mom taking me and my brother to Texas World Speedway and walking up those two long entrance up that big hill uh, on the front straightaway. You couldn't see the racetrack. You walked up these big hills and the press box was massive. And, man, when you got on the top of that hill, you had to walk a little bit of ways to the back of the, of the stands but, man, when you looked over that racetrack and saw those cup cars lined up on pit road, Richard Petty, A.J. Foyt, Buddy Baker, Bobby Allison, I mean, James Hilton, you know, it was, it, man, it, it, uh, man it, it changed my life, you know what I mean? I couldn't wait to go to Texas World Speedway and see NASCAR, see the NASCAR, you know, heroes. And I was a big Richard Petty, A.J. Foyt, they were my heroes, you know, and, I don't think I missed but one or two races ever since 1971 or 70. I was just a little bitty boy. But, man, if there wasn't a Texas World Speedway, I may not – me being the race car driver and making a living and being a NASCAR driver may, may never have, have happened, you know. So I've seen so many races there, so many great races and seen – the superstars of our sport over the decades race there. And then having the opportunity that Gary Fields and Al Mallory gave me to go down there in 1996 or seven and win the last race, Texas race of champions. I mean, and, and then my uncle Mike, we started our NASCAR team, Texas high performance racing school there in 1989, 90. I mean, dude, that, 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 that place is special to me. You know what I mean? It, it meant a lot to me. And, man, when I went down there, me and Johnny Rutherford were there on the same day, and they interviewed me for about three hours. It was pretty cool. And uh, I had to tell you, it was emotional, man. It was just, you know, it's kind of like being at a funeral. You know, I'm, I'm there, and it's kind of it's hurtful, you know what I mean, because – I love that speedway and uh, going into turn one, uh, it was gone. They, they bulldozed it down. It was flat dirt and they had built some houses outside turn two. 
and it was almost like being at a funeral, man. It was, uh, I didn't realize when I walked in there and they were putting me in different places and they were really asking me great questions, man, it, it was emotional for me, man. I was like, I almost wanted to apologize to them. I didn't. And man, you know, when I, when they had called at the last minute and uh, said, Hey, Dell Jr. wants you to come to the, to the, to the, uh, uh, what do you call that? The movie, uh, the premiere. Yeah. I mean, I was honored, you know, I got there and Kyle Petty was there and, and Dell Jr. He greeted me and man, it was awesome, man. And the first, they showed, they showed two shows, the first two episodes of 2021 of Lost Speedway. The first one was Texas World Speedway. And man, I, the emotions, man, watching that thing, I was like, man, I was I was kind of like fighting back tears watching it at the premiere, you know? And uh, and then, uh, you was know. Is that the first time you've seen it, by the way? I have not seen it. That was the first time I seen it when I was at the premiere. And then to have Dell Jr. get up and speak and thank me, and it was unbelievable. You know, you paint yourself because you're like, can't believe this is happening. But they showed, you know, I don't know if y'all know this, Dominic Tyler, but they showed the second episode. They showed two episodes there at the premiere. The second one was about Myrtle Beach Speedway. And, man, just as emotional it was for me to watch that, uh, the one on Texas World Speedway, the one about Dell Jr. and Myrtle Beach Speedway was more emotional. I was fighting back tears and and. And I could look to my left and right. Other people, I could see some ladies, and I seen a guy sitting next to him. And I didn't tell you who he was, but man, he had a tear rolling down his face. It was very emotional, and uh, it was unbelievable. But man, what an honor! I was honored. I was honored, honored, honored to be to to that I was asked to be part of that, and I was honored that they they recognized Texas World Speedway because it was my favorite racetrack in the whole world a two-mile super speedway that had great races, and to be there at the premiere, which just, it was an awesome event. I, I loved it, man, and, and I got another story to tell you about that here in a minute, you know? Sure, Damon. I just want to follow up on that real quick, seeing some of the photos from that premiere. I got to ask the elephant in the room. You're rubbing elbows with some of these legends of the sports, Allison Petty, Dale Earnhardt Jr., and Kerry Earnhardt, and there's Mike Davis, Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s PR guy. We all know Jr. and Davis do an excellent job on the Dale Jr. download. When are you going to be on the Dale Jr. download? <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I don't ever, you know, I just focus on me and my sponsors and my racing team. You know, I focus on Whataburger, Alarm, I mean, I, I just all the people that allow me to race in NASCAR, I uh, – you know, I've been great friends with Kerry Earnhardt and Dell Earnhardt Jr. for years. You know, when you've been doing this 24 years, you build those relationships. And, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of respect on both sides. And, uh, you know, you, you, you know, you never, uh, you know, I don't know. I just, man, y'all know, I, I just love to race. I want to win. I want to be competitive. I'm blessed I've been doing it this long. And, you know, if, if Dale Earnhardt Jr. calls you and wants you to come to a movie premiere, you're just, you're just thankful and honored, you know. Obviously, over the years, you've done something right, you know what I mean? I, I don't, you know, I um, I don't know how you say it, you know what I mean? I just I just love what I do, and uh, I don't bother anybody. I try to try to, you know, do it respectfully and race my tail off as hard as I can and uh, take care of my sponsors and, and I'm just I'm humbled to, to to have the opportunity and you know when cool things like that happens it's pretty cool you know what I mean but I mean because I mean who am I I mean who you know we're, we're nobody special we were just blessed that we could drive a race car halfway decent and somebody gave us opportunity we ran with the opportunities I mean look at you guys we talk about it a lot you know we we create opportunities we're passionate about it and we work hard, you know, and I think if you do all that, that recipe, you know, we can, you can go places, you know, and, and uh, you know, it's just hard work, passionate, and a lot of want to, and, uh, you know, a lot of sacrifices that we've all taken, and man, I'm just, I thank God every day that I'm, that I get to race as long as I have and continue to race, you know what I mean, so yeah, pretty cool deal. That is awesome, David. Uh, some uh, great stuff there, and we'll definitely be watching uh, Lost Speedways 
that first episode with uh, David from Texas World Speedway available now on Peacock, which uh, you can watch uh, for free with uh, ads there. So uh, check that out if you get the chance. Before we move on to our NASCAR News and Notes segment, just a reminder that the folks at Whataburger cook up 100% pure beef burgers 24 hours a day. You can get your burger fixed anytime, day or night at Whataburger. Proud to serve it hot and fresh 24 hours a day. Dominic, big news involving Team Trackhouse and Ganassi. Very big news, Tyler. Perhaps maybe the biggest headline of the year so far. We find interesting on this, right? Justin Marks, Team Trackhouse, Chip Ganassi have this big news conference a few days ago. I believe it was July 1st, July 2nd. They addressed the media and they announced to the NASCAR world that Trackhouse Racing will be forming a two-car team in 2022 and that they have acquired the assets of Chip Ganassi Racing effective at the end of the NASCAR Cup Series season in November. Now, what's really fascinating about this, Tyler and David, when Chip was asked the question if his team was for sale, his team was not even on the market, is what he had told the media at this press conference. But there was a good enough deal where he was just so hard for him to not say no. So, I mean, I'm curious what you all think. What does this show about the state of the sport? And Chip Ganassi, I guess, going all in and cashing his chips, no pun intended, on his cup team. Well, David, I look at it, and it says a lot about Justin Marks and what he's doing. Uh, you know, we didn't really know much about Team Trackhouse around this time last year. But then he finds a, a good driver in Daniel Suarez. They found good sponsors. They bring in Pitbull. They've been competitive. They've been just as good, if not better, than 2311 racing, which everybody's been talking about, you know, a big deal and such. So now to take this big step, to me, this is less about Chip and more about Justin Marks. I think that uh, they're serious about this. Justin Marks is going to run a really good program there. They're going to compete at a high level. I'm excited to see what this team does. And they're gonna eventually going to move the shop to Nashville and all that. I have high hopes for what Justin Marks is going to do with that organization. Man, Tyler, no doubt about it. Justin Marks is a good friend of mine. I've known him for years and a great race car driver uh, at that, you know. And uh, I was always amazed, and I tell him all the time, it's like, dude, you kind of retired a little bit too soon, you know. He's a, he's a great road racer. Uh, but, man, what he's just a cool guy, you know. He's a, he's a – just a cool dude. He's got a great wife and kids. And, and uh, to see what they have put together in a short period of time, track house and, and Tyler, like you're saying, to hire Daniel Suarez and uh, and to have their great some great partners that they've had on their race car. I mean, they have been impressive this year. I mean, I don't I don't know what the uh, Stats are, but I know they're impressive stats. Daniel Suarez has finished in the top 10, you know, I think out of the last five or six races, four or five times. I mean, it's just amazing uh, how competitive they have been. And, you know, you look at Justin Marks and Trackhouse. Am I saying that right, Trackhouse? Okay. Trackhouse, yeah. Yeah. And you look look at, you know, uh, to bring in Pitbull, that's a world-famous, world you know, uh, singer. Uh, and you look at that ownership group, Ty Norris, the general manager there, and you just think about the sport of NASCAR racing. You know, uh, you look at all the owners, Roger Penske and Jack Roush and, you know, Richard Petty and Richard Childress. You know, I, I heard a while back, or it might even have been last season, they were talking about, you know, who, who, are, who are the next owners in our sport? You know, these guys, you know, they've been great for racing forever. But, you know, they're not getting any younger and, uh, you know, they're getting up in their, you know, 80s. I think Richard Petty's 86. He just had a birthday. And, you know, I don't know everybody's ages, but, man, when you heard that last year, when I heard it, I started thinking, man, they got a point there. You know, who, who are, who's the next group of owners? And to see Justin Marks come into the sport in 2021, and to see what they have put together, it's it's been impressive. And then you look at Denny Hamlin and Michael Jordan. You look at that organization and and the Gibbs race cars and the sponsorship it has. You know, you know that's a team, that's a powerhouse team that's, that's going to be in a sport for a long time. You know, and you look at what Denny's setting himself up. You know, when, whenever he retires, that might be ten years from now, but. You know, Denny Hamlin's going to be a, a team owner even way before he retires. 
And then, you know, we've heard the news. Everybody knows about the news that Brad Keselowski is now owns, you know, I don't know if it's half of Roush Racing, but Brad's going to go over to Roush Racing and own, I don't know if it's 50% of it. We don't know, but he owns a large part of Roush Racing now. He'll race one of the cars, and Brad, that brand, Brad Keselowski, is huge. He'll bring sponsorships with him. He'll have a, you know, he's looking at his future. You know, is he going to race five or six more years? And then when he retires, you know, there you again, you got Brad Keselowski as a team owner in NASCAR. So it's kind of interesting to look at the movement. Uh, you know, these different owners that are coming in on the cup side, we're seeing it right in front of us, you know, and, and you're not only seeing these new owners coming in and, and, you know, look at Michael Jordan, these world, world, you know, performers, athletes that are, it says a lot about our sport, but they're coming in our sport as owners. And then you look at the new car that's are, that, that will be debuted. I think uh, uh, that will be rolled out 2021 next year. This new, uh, is it gen three or gen two car, uh, the, you know, the future of NASCAR racing. I mean, there's a lot of exciting stuff going on in our sport, you know, and, uh, Man, we're watching it change. I mean, you're talking about 360 degrees change, you know, in NASCAR racing right in front of us, you know. So, I mean, I mean, Tyler, would y'all ever thought that – I would have never thought that Chip Ganassi – I mean, that's a guy that loves auto racing. Not only does he love sports car racing or IndyCar racing, he loves NASCAR racing. And, and to see – I mean, I was surprised as anybody – uh, to hear the news that uh, Justin Marks and his organization had acquired the assets and, and will now own Chip Ganassi Racing, NASCAR racing team, at the end of 2020. I mean, it's just, it's happening all in front of us. And I, yeah. I think, you know, I think when we heard, and I know you guys heard, it's been a lot of talk of who are going to be the new owners, who's going to replace, you know, all these guys that have been here forever. I never even thought about it, but it's happening right in front of us, man. And I think the health of the sport is pretty strong for the future. Oh, yeah. When you look at it, you know, Justin Mark's team, they just found out a few weeks ago they were losing their charter, so they knew they had to do something. This was a big splash. I applaud the aggressiveness that Trackhouse is showing here. Uh, Dominic, we already know that Daniel Suarez is going to be in one of those rides, and good for Daniel. He's earned it, especially with all the crap he's had to put up with the last few years of the – uh, you know, all the different rides he's been in. Great friend to have some stability. And he's earned it based on how he's raced this year. How about that second car? Do you think it's Kurt Busch or do they keep around Ross Chastain or do they look elsewhere? Where do you think that they'll, they'll turn to for that second car? I feel like that's a good problem to have if you're Justin Marks and you know you could pick one or the other. Like we were talking earlier in the show, do you go with somebody for the future? Do you go with the household name? I mean, I, I don't know, David, I feel like I look at this situation and I feel like they haven't made a decision who's going to be the teammate next year. Is it an audition for Ross Chastain and Kurt Busch? Are we going to see over the next few weeks, okay, let's see how these guys perform, and that could be kind of their audition for that ride the following season. You know, and, and man, you, you guys, you know, it's – y'all bring up a good point. Who's going to drive the second cart at, you know uh, – for Justin Marks and uh, man, you know, it's, I think about it, Ross Chastain has done a, just a phenomenal job. He's a, he's a great, great race car driver. I mean, what he's done this year, his first year in cup series is, is really, he's done a tremendous job. His, his finished results doesn't show how, how good he was running, you know? And, uh, but man, he's just done a phenomenal job. I enjoy watching him race cause he does so good. And then you look at, you know, Kurt Busch, former Cup Series champion. Uh, and, and, you know, I think – and then you got to remember that, you know, we, as much as we love our sport and ask our racing, it's business. You know, it's business, you know. And what we think – sometimes what we think the right thing to do, and sometimes it don't always turn out that way, you got to remember it might come down to – you know, does this driver have a big sponsor with him? You know what I mean? And sometimes Kurt's got monster already with him. That might be the difference. Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, you know, there's there's a lot of uh, a lot of lot of uh, elements. There's a lot of things that will, will that will 
make the decision for this organization. So it's going to, you know, it's interesting and everybody's waiting for the news and I'm sure it'll come out here before too much longer, but, uh, but, you know, it's been kind of cool, all this cool news in our sport. And, man, that's a big story that a lot of people are, are, are trying to figure out and can't wait to hear what the future is and who's going to drive that car, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, one more on the news and notes side. Uh, Dominic, uh, we talked about Atlanta, kind of previewed it a bit. We didn't give out any names, though. Who do you like to uh, possibly be in victory lane for that Atlanta race? I like the hometown boys coming off of victory. He watched him punch his 14th victory in the NASCAR Cup Series this Sunday. Chase Elliott gets it done. David, who are you watching for? <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I keep hoping that, you know, Kevin Harvick's going to, you know, going to turn his season around and get back into victory lane. But, you know, Competing on this year, on this racetrack, uh, year in and year out, knowing how, you know, how how you slip and slide around that place. Kevin Harvick has owned Atlanta Motor Speedway over the years, but there's nobody better when it comes to car control than, you know, Kyle Larson and Chase Elliott. You know, those guys have really shined there in Atlanta here lately, and you look at the first, you know, the race we had earlier this year, Atlanta Motor Speedway, man, that race was dominated by Kyle Larson. And, man, with about 20 laps to go in the race, there's a guy named uh, uh, Blaney, you know. And where'd he come from? You know what I mean? He ran down Kyle Larson. And next thing you know, you got Blaney, this Blaney kid in victory lane. So, I mean, we can't, we can't, you know, you, you got to remember that. But, man, it's, it's a hard decision. You know, it's it's a tough one to make, but I, uh, you know, I'm going to choose Kevin Harvick again because I keep hoping and that this guy will get back into victory lane and and um, we'll see him in the chase. You can't forget about Denny Hamlin, but man, it's going to be a great race. It's going to be interesting. You know, I mean, I'm looking forward to, to you know racing my race and then watching Sunday's race. It's going to be cool, that's for sure. Yeah, but Kevin Harvick, Kevin Harvick, David, I'm pick. Yeah. Okay, I'm with you on Harvick, too. I yeah. think he gets a win before the playoff. Yeah. This is his best chance to do so. I like him to uh, get it done here. All right, time for our Ask David segment. But before we do, uh, i got to tell you about the fine folks at Whataburger. You can stop by Whataburger for a hot, hearty breakfast any morning or late at night. They're serving up breakfast from 11 p.m. to 11 a.m. Probably serving hot and fresh 24 hours a day. i got to tell you guys. Uh, when I was on my way back from Tampa, I was supposed to fly into Chicago. They redirected my flight to Dallas. I said, fine with me. You know what I'm doing. I'm going to Love Field, and we're going to Whataburger, baby. And uh, it was about 9 o'clock in the morning, but that did not stop me from ordering a uh, number one with cheese and uh, fries and a Dr. Pepper. And it was uh, it was a great early uh, lunch to say the least. So now you're making Tyler, lots of Whataburger here, Tyler. Thank you. And the closest one's an hour away. Well, that hey, that being said, man, I had we had a Whataburger for lunch today. And uh, yesterday afternoon in Galveston, we had lunch at Whataburger. <laughs> and the day before, I think we had, I think it was 1030 and, and uh, we had Almost breakfast, lunch at Whataburger. Man, those Dr. Pepper shakes are incredible. And, and, and uh, man, I, uh, and your creature of habit, uh, Tyler, at number one, you can't beat it. You know what I mean? Oh, I, yeah. uh, I need, cool. it's all good. I need to try something different. But, man, I just, man, I love hamburgers and, man, they make the best ones. So, time for our Ask David segment. We ask you to submit questions to us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash. David Star Podcast, Twitter at Star Podcast, and by email, davidstarpodcast at gmail.com. Let's start out in the email inbox. This one comes from Cindy. David, have you ever raced outside of the U.S.? Man, that's a great question, and I, I have not, you know, and um, I haven't, never. Um, I think uh, – you know, when I made the jump to full-time Xfinity Series from the NASCAR Truck Series, uh, I think the year after I went full-time Xfinity racing, they raced uh, the road course in Canada. And I don't remember the name. Y'all, what's, what's the, the, the road course up there in Canada? Y'all know? Yeah, Montreal. Canadian Tire Motorsports Park. Yeah, that's it. So uh, to answer your question, no, I haven't. You know what I mean? And, and probably would have. 
would have if I wouldn't have jumped over to the NASCAR Xfinity Series when I did. Uh, but no, I've, I've never raced outside of the United States of America. But, uh, but uh, you know, I, uh, I come close. <laughs> Is there a track that you want to race at? I love, David, that, that Mexico City track that the Bush Series was at for a few years. I think it'd be kind of cool. You know, there's so many great racetracks, you know, in the world. Uh, I think it'd be kind of cool to, to have the opportunity to, to, to go to another country and, and do what you love to do. You know, I've heard a lot of stories from a lot of different drivers over the years. And one of them came from my teammate, Mike Skinner, you know, when they went over to, uh, I think they raced in that NASCAR race in Japan. Was it Japan? Uh, yes. Uh, back years ago, you know, Mike shared a lot of great stories with me and he said the facility was unbelievable. And, uh, you know, so there's been a lot of a lot of guys that we've raced against and have been part of this sport. A lot of great race car drivers that have, have raced in different parts of the world. And, and uh, you know, it, it would be kind of cool. I haven't had that opportunity to date, but hopefully by the time I'm done, uh, doing what I love to do, I, I will have that opportunity. Very cool. One more for you. This one comes from Buck on the email inbox. David, what's your biggest pet peeve? Man, you know, <laughs> that's a, there's a lot of them. You know, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I, uh, you know, I, I'm going to say some stuff I probably shouldn't say, but man, I, uh, you know, I, I'm. I never sit still. I'm always working. I'm always moving. There's always something going on. I don't, I don't like to hang out with people that, that are lazy. You know, laziness is the pet peeve of mine, you know, cleanly being clean. You know, I'm a clean freak. I like everything clean. Uh, I like my windshield on my race car clean all the time. I like, I like the bodies, you know, the, I like the race car to shine, no handprints on it. That's a pet peeve. You know, there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of weird ones, you know, and my wife will tell you that that I'm weird and I'm just kind of weird that way. You know, I don't like leaves in my yard. You know, I like my grass not to have a leaf laying in the grass, you know, so uh, <laughs> there's a lot of them, you know. And uh, uh, so, yeah, but on the racing side, it would be always I like having a, a clean windshield. I like inside my race car to be clean. And uh, so those are pet peeves. If I get to the racetrack and my race car is dirty, man, it just, God, it eats at me, you know? So I, I can't really, I got to clean it myself, get a vacuum cleaner, wipe it all down. I just, you know, that's my biggest pet peeve at the races, just not having a clean race car and having a dirty race car just kind of, I don't know, it's a pet peeve. It's a weird one, but it's mine, you know? <laughs> mine, Dominic, would be just rude people. I don't like dealing with people that, can't be kind to one another and show people proper respect. We're all due respect of some sorts. I mean, uh, Marty Smith said it best, uh, be kind, work hard, and everything else will work itself out. So what's okay. yours, Dominic? You're absolutely, well, there's two that come to mind, kind of building off then. Like what you said, David, I, I don't even know if I should open my mouth on this, but I'm going to anyway. <laughs> I love my hometown. There's some great people here. But one thing I can't stand is you go to the store and people just turn their head and they just don't want to talk to you. And I don't like that because I'm the kind of person I will talk to a wall. I enjoy talking to people. So when I see people doing that, and I see that a lot in my hometown. I, it just grinds my gears. And the other one, too, maybe you guys have the same pet peeve when you're eating with somebody and they're just making just loud sound effects with their mouth. Just close your mouth. I don't want to see what you're eating. I don't want to hear what you're eating. Seafoods. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not for me. Hey, man, I got a confession to make. When I ate at Whataburger and that, <laughs> that hamburger is so good. Man, Ty, Dominic, I'm going to have to watch myself when we're together eating at Whataburger because, man. <laughs> well, hey, we said those hamburgers are so good, so juicy. Going. Sometimes I'm smacking and making a lot of noise because I'm just enjoying it as I'm eating it. So, uh it's good to know that, that that's one of your pet peeves. <laughs> well, I would have, well, hey, we sat next to each other at Whataburger after the Texas race. I would have told you something. I'm the kind of person. Okay. I'm blunt, so I would have totally said something. No, I didn't, I didn't uh, hear anything. Well, that's You're cool, good. man. That's You're cool. good, dude. <laughs> that is so funny. Guys, uh, we got to run. Uh, nice that we can sit down, catch up, and uh, do this show. Hopefully, we'll be back on next week with a guest. But nonetheless, they're going to be back after a, a week off here 
on a Let's Go Racing. You can subscribe to the show on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, on YouTube. Uh, make sure to hit that like button, leave us a five-star review, or don't leave us one at all. Like us on Facebook, David Star Podcast. Twitter, follow us there at Star Podcast. And by email, davidstarpodcast at gmail.com. We'll put the checkered flag out on this episode for David Star, Dominic Argonne. I'm Driver Jones. Thanks so long. This has been another news of the Let's Go Racing. We'll see you next time.